Get ready. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 100, or no, 202 of the Weekly Cooldown and it is October 6th. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. As you know, we always do um, special episodes based on diversity and inclusion based on the kind of time of the year. And this year it is, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, Latina Heritage Month, Latinx Heritage Month, whatever you call it in the Americas, that is what it is. Um, September 15th to October 15th is, uh, our time. (laughs) So here we are once again, um, I'm joined by another creator within the community who, um, is Latine or Latino or Latina, Latinx. Um, and we're going to just kind of celebrate him, celebrate what's going on uh, with his creating, celebrate what's going on in gaming and everything in between. So joining me this time is Flatus. Hey, Hi, how's it going? Hi, how are you? Not bad. Not bad. Good for a Thursday. Yeah, right. I gotta say this the same. <laughs> Very good. Um, tell us about what you do and who you are. Uh, what I do is a podcast called uh, Maelstrom Radio, uh, which mm-hmm. is a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, which really, you know, is really more about uh, kind of here and there because the game itself, the the creator of the game says take breaks so normally my friend uh who's been on the show uh uh, quentin aka uh, shantir um he and i discuss the happenings in final fantasy 14 in the community and then possibly more often than not other mmos and other games that we're interested in and uh what we're doing in those games as well Mm. and uh outside of that we're streaming on our you know our uh, twitch channel Mails from Radio, the Twitch channel. Yes. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Now, tell us how you got started, I guess, right? Because a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, you, I think you were one of the firsts, right? Uh, Yeah, <laughs> that is probably close to true. It's scary to think about. Uh, we were... We're kind of, I think we just passed our sixth year. Uh, we started mm. right before Heaven's Word um, launched. And uh, we've been doing this now for a little over six years. This is scary to think about. Uh, and um, we, you know, we were there uh, with, you know, with the likes of Aetherite Radio, Limit Break Radio, mm-hmm. um moving around radio uh we were like we were one of the very first and we're still here (laughs) right and you said it's kind of evolved to and like it is still final fantasy 14 but it's more now after six years It, it is it it's evolved greatly uh in the last six years uh we were very much, I think at the beginning, we were very much like reading patch notes and diving in and discussing the game. And then secretly, it was a podcast, you know, when we first started it secretly, uh, no one knew this, uh, that it was secretly me sharing uh, Quentin, my best friend, with the world. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and by doing that, we just, the, the catalyst was Final Fantasy XIV. Um, but as it evolved, we started to um, chat with uh, people in the community mm-hmm. and what they did in the game. So we started talking to everybody, you know, uh, people that did RP, uh, people that did, uh, you know, fishing in the game, uh, other content creators. Um, we've done shows with 
uh, uh, VTubers now and, and uh, PNG tubers and the, the gamut runs from there. We've been all over the map talking to everybody that we can. Uh, we've even had Jesse Cox come on uh, to, mm. to host a Final Fantasy XIV family feud. So <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Aren't you jealous of VTubers a little bit? Uh, <laughs> which part? The fact that they can look so good all the time and yeah, and, real, and really behind, like, they don't have to try behind the camera. Yeah. Like, and not saying they don't try. I don't want to make that clear. I know they try to to produce the content. I mean, like they don't have to get ready. <laughs> they don't have to put a face on. Yeah, there's no lighting. There's no. <laughs> nope. Yeah, they don't have to put a face on. They can just wear like a hoodie and be like, "Hey," and I still look hot. Mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I love uh, speaking to VTubers and PNG tubers a lot because it's kind of like they are showing that vulnerability with me, that kind of behind the, uh, the behind the persona look um, at who they are without mm-hmm. having to obviously do more to um, be that persona, you know, any more than they are on their regular streams or whatever. So it, it, it's always nice. Yeah. It's always fun. I agree. I agree. Um, no. it, it, it's been some, I think we've interviewed two, uh, VTubers and it, both of them are totally different people. And it's fun talking to them because it's like you get to talk to this persona, but they're also talking about the persona and themselves. Right. Which is so great. And like how those worlds sometimes mix. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Um, Very good. So we've talked about Mousetrum Radio. Uh, We've talked about the stream. Speaking of what do you usually stream? Well, right now it's it's uh, spooky season, so uh, I started streaming uh, a game on Tuesday called Little Misfortune, which is a point-and-click adventure about mm-hmm. a a cute little Hispanic girl, so appropriate, uh, who uh, leaves home to find internal happiness, and there may be some shenanigans afoot. <laughs> there may be some spooky shenanigans afoot, Ooh. so, yeah. Very good, very good. But on the uh, reg, uh, Bal- it's been Baldur's Gate 3. It's been uh, some New World. Uh, a little, uh, yep, a, a little bit of... Um, Quentin's been streaming Grounded. I've been uh, popping in for those streams on Sundays with him. So a little bit of a mix of everything. Guild Wars 2, uh, that's mm-hmm. been our jam lately as well. So Very good. Now, despite the streaming the podcasting is the is that kind of did, did you ever envision yourself getting this involved with final fantasy 14 with gaming with the gaming community writ large like at all i've been yes and no uh i i so before we started maelstrom radio because you know, the the secret was I was sharing Quentin with the world, but part of that was also that Maelstrom Radio is technically the side project of my main thing at the time, which was a show, originally it was a show called The Evercast Show, which was about EverQuest Next that was in development at the time, mm. first from Sony Online Entertainment, then later Daybreak. Um, when they sunsetted the game, we changed our name to The Loot Table, and we're just, just we were still trying to figure out, like, what are we going to talk about? And was, and in the background, Quentin and I were fully discussing, um, you know, making Maelstrom Radio, and then we did. We just did it because it was like, okay, I'll have this one thing, which is my main thing, and this will be my side thing. Quentin was down for that because he was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, it's not the main thing; it's the side thing. So if this, sure. you know, if we do ten episodes, who cares? No one's gonna care. Right. <laughs> so, well, you know, the, the main thing became the side thing and eventually faded, and then the main side thing became six years later. We're still here. <laughs> so um, I, I I didn't envision it. We You know, we have the YouTube channel. You know, I've done reaction videos to, to MMOs and, and launch trailers there. Um, you know, I've had opinions about... Um, certain things that's happened in the Final Fantasy 14 community, especially, uh, you know, last year when they did the, 
was it last year where they did the Twitch drops, and uh, there was no, there was nary, like not a person of color on the list of people that you could stream and watch, yes. and and uh, I made a video about that, and boy, you forget that it's the internet and people are have anim- anonymity and <laughs> they can just yell at you. So right, 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 so. right. Um. Speaking of Final Fantasy XIV's community and the way, I guess, the overlords over there at uh, Square Enix uh, mess around with that IP, what do you think so far of Dawn Trail? I currently am indifferent about the current arc. Like, I feel like this is filler. And it is. Mm. Like, we're not going to... I'm not going to... Um... It, it is very much a the filler arc, and I feel like Dontrell might be filler arc until they figure out what they're gonna do next. Because like they even said, like, "Hey, you're going on vacation." I was like, "That sounds like every anime where they go on vacation. That's the filler arc." Right. And um, which you know, I'll play it because I know it's gonna have a good story and writing. But is it gonna be what is? Uh, is it gonna be what's? the future of this game or is it just going to lead into the next great story? Is this just temporary and, you know, just leading us to the new world so they can tell the next story and how long is that story going to be? Is it going to be 10 years again or is it going to be two years, a month, six, Mm. you know, is it just going to be like, Hey, we're just going to tell a story per expansion. And yeah. Yeah. How, how, how much uh, longevity does this really have going forward and how, how much legs does it have left? Yeah. How many legs does it have? Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think Dawn Trail, um, is likely to be something pretty good. Um, but the way that it's been marketed, I think, is kind of lacking. There's still something we need to kind of give us the assurance i guess that the mm-hmm. last 10 years were, were were something it's not just the bleach filler anime episode um and and we'll be going not only on vacation but like starting a, a truly new adventure all over again no you're right it's uh it's definitely a uh It is definitely a uh, a weird like choice to be like we're going we're going on vacation like you're just gonna go have a little see and I felt like this like the whole thing at the end of Endwalker was you're becoming adventurers again mm-hmm. I like you're just gonna be adventurers and I was like okay cool like this is gonna be it we're gonna just start start refresh that's like they're not doing the hey, you became the ultimate hero power person of the of the MMO, which is like the trope of all MMOs, mm-hmm. right? Like you just become the 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 power person and like hero, champion. You're like, you're that right. person. And they're like, okay, we're just going to hit reset and we're going to go and we're going to be... And I get it. That like now we're going to a new continent where we're not known. So maybe we're not the champion or hero of, this, of that continent yet. So maybe going on the... Maybe it's like going on vacation gets sure. us there, start, like exactly. starts us off. And and then we jump into the actual arc. <laughs> it's like so. If I gotta suffer through a weird like vacation arc to get to the actual story, then right. I'm down. Um, you know, it's like and it, clearly they're trying to feed into what the community wants. There's tacos and then there's baby Amal job. Yeah, right. There's <laughs> so. there's a little something for everyone at this point. Yeah. Um. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um. So let's talk a little bit about like if you're comfortable, uh, your heritage, right? So um, I am, as I've said before, I am Puerto Rican uh, uh, and Jamaican. Um, So I am considered, and I consider myself Afro-Latino. What is it you, I guess, consider yourself? (laughs) How do you you approach that question? (laughs) So, yeah. Where are you from? (laughs) No, but where are you really from? (laughs) Uh, so I'm from Florida, <laughs> but, uh, no, my, my dad, uh, is, uh, it technically, you know, c- cause I'm mixed. I'm half Cuban and mm. half Italian. 
Um, so, but on my dad's side, I'm because uh, he's from Cuba. I'm out under him. I'm first generation okay. Cuban American, and um, you know, I, you know, the, I, the island is ninety miles. Right. Out. You know, I, I went. You know, every anytime I went to Key West, I could like see the like the homeland ninety miles off the coast on a clear day. You could see it and be like, there it right. is. Like that's where my, that's where my family is is over there. Um, and it's a weird thing thought that is like I and I can't go there. <laughs> I can't. I'm not. They they frown upon about me going there, so I can't go. But hi, I guess they think. Right, I, right. You know, how's it going? So, so it's a uh, it's a weird thought that you know there's there's rules and regulations about you know a country that is 90 miles off the coast of Florida, um, where and not to get political about it, where you know it's not super like it, it's it's full of culture and in a place stuck in time mm-hmm. because of tariffs you know and if and if by all means like go i i would say if you want to see something that you can watch that gives you maybe a little bit of a chuckle but also is you know showing off the culture in a in a good light um i would say go watch conan does uh visits mm. cuba it, Conan O'Brien does the his, his like Conan abroad, and he goes to like Cuba. It's probably one of the best like, you know, it's both comedic but shows the culture of Cuba in a great sure. light because he, it's a perfect example of like wow, everything here really is mm. stuck in time. It is truly like the the architecture is stuck in time. The cars are stuck in the past. Like it's so much of it is stuck in the past. And it's funny because you can see like people from Canada go there in vacation because they can go to like these uh resorts and they love it there and like you know americans are just like well we're we (laughs) just it's it's and it's a gorgeous island it's gorgeous if they could you know again not to get into the the government aspects or the political aspects of thing but like it could have benefited so much when things were open for that short amount of time (laughs) until someone overturned all that all that over um it could have benefited so much um and i think that would have been a great thing i really do and it's it's like i said there's like there's so much like passion and love there and you know it's an island of people that have have dreams and and want to work and want to do good things and i i come from that people like it's it's hard to like think about sometimes it's like i know that my work ethic comes a lot from them uh and like wanting to my strive Mm -hmm. to be better and and wanting to work better to help support uh myself and my you know my partner and you know you know we you know when we bought the house i was excited because i know how hard you know my family has because you know it's sometimes it's different for people to not think about like you know how hard my family has worked to give me the life here in the country. And then like how hard I'm working to actually continue that on. And it's, it's a good feeling. Like it's a good feeling just to think about like that. I'm still trying to make carry on that tradition of like this hard work. And like, even it, I even put that into like my thoughts about like gaming and stuff like that. (laughs) Like, like if I could do this full time, I would, and I would probably put that same amount of effort if I could do it full time. Right. 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 Very good. Very good. So, um, on that same vein, discuss why you're doing this at all, right? Like, um, you are. You, we we've already discussed, like, you know, you were one of the first Final Fantasy fourteen podcasts. You've evolved over the years. If you could do this full time, you would, but you're not, right? This is um for fun. If <laughs> I imagine this is a still a, a very long standing hobby, and it's still a part of you in a big way. Um, so why 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 continue on? I think part of it is I, I like spending – part of it is spending time with my friend, right? Like I get to hang out, which we could do that anyway. <laughs> like we could just play games anyway. But I think part of it is I I like chatting, like talking, like just talking with him about gaming. Um, that's how we met, um, and we love talking about MMOs. We could – we do these, if we don't do like a live episode, we do like a filler episode, it's called mm-hmm. a bonus round. And most of the time they've been about like the history of MMOs and we, us discussing about MMOs and where they came from. 
and a lot of people really like those episodes because a lot of people are like, how old? Like, MMOs were very old. I started back when MUDs were a thing and, like, multi-user dungeons and, like, it was all text-based and those are still a thing you right. can go play right now. So if you have the want or need to ever just dive in and type in and said, I'm a, I'm a level five wizard, I cast fire, you could do that. Um, you know, it, you look at games like Ultima Online and EverQuest that are still going. I think EverQuest is about to celebrate its 30th mm -hmm. year of, of MMO-ness. <laughs> like, that's insane right. to me. And we love talking yeah, yeah. about that. Um, because it's a game that's still supported and it still brings in a large sum of money for that company. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's important to share because I always feel that MMOs as a game genre is not, you know, it had a boom with World of Warcraft at, during Wrath of the Lich King, right? 14 million players worldwide. It was huge. Everybody tried to right. cash in on that, you know, and now you look at like how trends are you know when fortnite came out everybody tried cashing in on the fortnite trend uh everybody's trying to cash in on the now dying hopefully soon dying out live service sure. trend. yeah yeah uh <laughs> and um and they, and that's all like you start to see trends in gaming and the one that trend i was like i wish people would go back to but just innovate on is mmos right like you look at something like ashes of creation that's coming out um or, you know, is slated to come out eventually, you know, what they're trying to do to innovate with using Unreal Engine 5 and having, like, this questing system that changes based on how many people are questing in an area. Like, it'll advance from, you know, camps to towns to castles, like, as you grow in that one area. But then if you leave that area and people start to it'll dil get dilapidated and just shrink that act down to, like, oh, it's now overrun by bandits because everyone abandoned this area to go quest somewhere else and... That's crazy to me. Or then you have something like Star Citizen where it's like, oh, you can zoom from mm -hmm. space and zoom all the way into the person's like eye socket because like that's right. the tech they're using there. And and people have given them $500 billion or whatever it is for right, spaceships. Right. And it's it's all fascinating to me. Uh, uh, there's a a new MMO that I, 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 I want to share here, but I'm not sure if my co-host is listening because he doesn't know about it yet. Oh We're going to talk oh about it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and I don't want to, and I don't want to mention it because I, I want to surprise him and, and try to like not sell him on it, but surprise him with it. So, um, but it is, it, it is interesting. I didn't, I like, I found it on a off chance of me looking on the, the, the interwebs and be like, okay, look at that. <laughs> so I want to yeah. know about it later. Um, when you bring up MMOs, I think of my first MMO, which is really RuneScape, um, and yes. how. Ha by the way, having a banger absolutely year, oh by yes, the way. they made... they are doing amazing. Like as far as being a, I don't know how old now, almost twenty year old, maybe twenty year old. They made great profits, yeah. like huge profits this year. Huge, probably more so than Final Fantasy fourteen. They made yeah, bank yeah. this year, and they've got this kind of really robust community who who uh, weigh in on you know what they should be doing next and how they should be doing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the one thing I've always loved about RuneScape, and I don't know if it happens anymore, is that there was always this random chance kind of thing where you could you know just kind of be walking around a city and then a genie pops up and is like here's a jewel buy and the jewel is worth you know more money than you have on your person and so you go and you yell that you have this jewel someone comes up to you gives you some money and suddenly you're rich like it it the the random chance generator from that game was really really interesting and i've never experienced anything like that again where you have this just money just drop into your lap basically and or or yeah. a, a really r rare weapon just drop into your lap and you're like uh, hello what do i do with this now <laughs> do I, I i guess i'm going out to to go and uh you know get get some f fun fun new loot or go to a dungeon or something like that um i have not experienced anything like that maybe with final fantasy's um Final Fantasy XIV's uh, retainer system at most. Um, but, I mean, it's... It... Yeah, they bring you back a trinket. You're yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have this cool thing I did not have a minute ago, so that's cool. Um, 
I just think it's that I, I just always remember that as being one of the best things about that MMO, aside from just hanging out with folks um, everywhere. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Yeah, cause sure. I, I, you. It's funny that you bring up like hanging out with folks because there's something I've been like recently looking into and, and thinking about a lot lately is that older MMOs really strived because the content was so you know because they didn't know how long it was going to take you know take people to beat it so they had to make it harder like yeah. that's the big trope of like older games like we made it hard because we didn't know how long we you know if like we if we made last, it too easy right. then <laughs> if we were going to last so they had to make it hard to make the game last and because they didn't know if like they were going to make enough money off of the thing so um so this the same thing happened to mmos and like they became very social games because you needed help doing right. a lot of those things and do you feel that you have more you had more social interactions in RuneScape than you do in Final Fantasy fourteen? Ah. Now I not and I'm talking about not like a pre made group go or like go like just like queuing for a thing. Like I mean actual like talking to people. <laughs> That's interesting. Um I would say that I've made more friends because of Final Fantasy fourteen than I did RuneScape. But as mm-hmm. of right now, I do not feel as though I have more social interactions with random people um than i did in runescape in runescape i feel like i was doing that all the time um the only people i was playing with were like middle school high school friends um and anyone else i had to go out and meet on my own um with final fantasy 14 now having played it for as long as i have i was doing that at first right meeting random people in the game but now those random people are longtime friends and those longtime friends still play or don't play and i don't really know how to do that anymore (laughs) i don't know how to engage in that same way anymore so i don't i don't think i i don't think i do yeah and i think and i think that's a fascinating thought that the reason, and I find, I'm, I'm finding that the reason why people still play EverQuest is because of that mm. social, that social, that almost forced social interaction that you have to make, in a world where I think us as millennials and elder millennials and uh, you know younger like young, people younger than the millennial age and you know, the uh, Gen, Gen Z's what are they Gen, Gen TikTokers Z's, you know <laughs> TikTokers uh, they're the social aspect for them, it, it, it's almost overbearing. Mm. Like, right. Like it, it is both a want and a need, but also like people are like, I just want to not deal with people because of the social thing. And it's overwhelming where in the world of a game where there was, you know, voice chat was barely a, a thriving thing mm. at the time. Right. Everything was through, through typing. You could be that like wood elf ranger and that's who you were. Right. And that's like you you put up this persona, and then eventually they had like like in, in the terms of EverQuest, they had like the Sony the SOE um, uh, fanfares, right? They're kind of like the Final Fantasy fourteen fanfests. They had those, and then they got people got to meet IRL. I can't imagine like talking to somebody who was like, you know, Darwin the 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 half gnome or whatever, and then going to meet him, and Darwin's like this big eight foot yeah, tall guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, and it's just, and then like, you're meeting your guild for the first time and like, there is no pictures. You don't know it. Like at the time, like it really was like the wild west we of the internet. We spoke about this and during the Black crazy. History Month episodes because a lot of black folks do this thing where, where we enter video games, you know, we're um, presenting as white in those games because we're like, I don't know how to broach this new group of people being black so i'm going to present as white in the game i'm going to make a white character and you know that's that's going to be my representation in the game right despite the fact that i am not white um but i think now we are um kind of pushing back on that and trying to actually Mm -hmm. make something representative of ourselves in the game um so that we do find our communities right like not only other black and brown folks but people who are not (laughs) bigots um (laughs) so um and and i think that um to your point about uh even millennials and gen zers being kind of uh pushed into social situations online i think there is um at, at least between millennials now 
there is a little bit more um, oomph, I guess. So a little bit more push for millennials to try and do that. It seems like we are at least better at doing it because we've had the internet for so long, right? We've seen the internet grow. Um, So we've been Mm -hmm. with it and we know how to use it. Whereas Gen Zers are born with an already advanced piece of technology that more or less works as face-to-face interaction for us, um, for them is just, you know, interacting on TikTok or Instagram or something like that. Um, And so then they're pushed into another situation like MMOs where Mm -hmm. it's a, a little bit more personal, right? You now have an avatar that that walks and talks for you and you still have to push yourself to do that interaction even if it is as this avatar where whereas we were like we're gonna craft a persona these younger folks are probably like i have to be myself as this avatar which is slightly different than i think how most of us were were navigating mmos during our time i also wonder if it's part of it is that when we grew up with the internet, right? Like nobody, like, I don't remember a time where my parents were like, don't talk to strangers on the internet until like later when I was already like, you know, 15, 16, 17. And like when I was younger, like I was on AOL and Messenger, I was like, oh, (laughs) I was there 13. They're like, all right, who you talking to? Like my friends are like, all right, have fun. I, I, I could have been talking to anybody. (laughs) Like, Like there was like a little more freedom and then I think now as well, like Gen Zers grew up in a time where people are like, hey, 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 you know, everything has to be mm-hmm. safe. And again, not I don't it's not a knock towards them. I think it's just a knock towards I think we we the as a whole technology got so advanced that people are like, oh, think bad things happen on the Internet. So we have to shelter and we kept sheltering and sheltering and sheltering as technology get, became more and mm-hmm. more advanced and and now people are just afraid of like interacting at all <laughs> like i the person on the other end of this could hurt me they might but the cool thing is that you could just log yeah, out right. i think we, i think they <laughs> go away lot, they make them go away we, we can block yeah. we can mute we can log off um but to to your point i do think that we forget often that however we decide to present however the other side decides to present you know, at the end of the day, you can go about your business and probably be fine. Um, there is a lot to be mm-hmm. kind of alarmed about as far as both the Internet goes and then how those uh, interactions on the Internet can reflect in, let's call it, meat space. Um, yeah. But for the most part, should you choose to uh, come at the interaction in a way that you know, is is defensive of yourself, but also clearly uh, trying to, like, <laughs> connect, so to speak, and, and being okay with mm-hmm. the fact that maybe this connection doesn't go anywhere and you just part ways, you, you might have an okay time playing an MMO or, um, you know, even interacting on Twitter. Um, God, God bless you if you do. Um, but, yeah, you know... Um, <laughs> At least I wanted this. <laughs> At thing. least I wanted. <laughs> um, very good, very good, very good. So, let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to the the Cuban slash Italian thing. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any piece of your work where you feel that you have purposefully added some some modicum of your heritage in it, like it, it, it purposefully or otherwise? I guess. I can tell you that within the last year, I just started talking about being Hispanic. Like I've, I've mentioned it in the mm-hmm. past before, but like I've really said like, no, I'm, I'm half Cause before that I was, I was not, I didn't really like the idea of having to share my cultural background on the internet, not out of fear of persecution. More so I wanted people to I, I wanted people to take what I said at for face value just being like all right he's knowledgeable about MMOs he's got some thought about it and he's just knowledgeable and I didn't want it to be like 
a, oh, you know, we should listen to him because mm. he's Hispanic, right? And, and I, I later realized that I made a mistake and probably that, that was the wrong line of thinking where I should have said, I am Hispanic, I am intelligent, I have thoughts about MMOs and their game design and how we could probably use their, like, older MMO game design in newer games to make them better. Um, and I probably did myself a disservice mm. doing that. I'm trying to rectify that now. I hope in the future, as I keep going, I continue to rectify that and make those changes. Um, but I also see the bad, like, and you could still see the bad side of things. Um, like I mentioned earlier during, like, the Twitch uh, uh, Black Chocobo giveaway, and there wasn't a person of color mm -hmm. on that list, I made a YouTube video talking about how there wasn't a person of color, no Hispanic representation on that list. And I, you know, I said, uh, you know, I'm Hispanic, um, I'm Latino, but Latin slash Latinx. And that was it. Everybody and their mother came at me under those things. I know somebody who's Spanish and they would never say Latin, Latinx. Like, okay, well, great for you. Right. Good for you. Good for your buddy. <laughs> like, and right. There is some, you know, have I heard it? No, growing up, no, of course I didn't. But it doesn't mean that the the youth culture of the of those of the people that say Latino Latina aren't mm -hmm. evolving, right? Like there is a younger crowd. There are millennials and Gen Z of Hispanics that are saying Latinx and Lat. So it's just it's a thing that is happening. So it doesn't it doesn't negate what I said. The they, like they heard that right. one thing the, and the rest of the, the message rest went of the away. Message. Who cares? <laughs> didn't exist who cares who cares about the list and then my other my only other gripe about that by the way was that i know that people were like you know i'm not going to mention creators names they had no idea who was going to be on the list or who got picked so there's it was no mm. fault for their own but later on they did see it i was like but you still took the money <laughs> like, yeah still yeah, took the yeah. money <laughs> now don't get me wrong a lot of you are living pay to, paycheck to paycheck doing content creation i'm not i'm not <laughs> i'm not dumb to that but you still took the money. <laughs> and, uh, you know, none of you said, well, you know what? You're right. And we all could have made us, even if they said, hey, listen, I'm going to take some of this money. I'm going to take $500 of all this money I made. I know some of them got a good mm -hmm. check out of that. Uh, I know some of them made some good money. Some of them made some good money. And I know that one of, at least all of them could have said, I'm going to take $500 and donate it to any, any foundation that helps support people of color just out of what Twitch yeah, decided yeah. to do. <laughs> Could have done it. Didn't do it. There's a lot of... <laughs> so, the, just saying. Um, I guess what most folks call the kind of performative ally allyship, allyism, where, you know, mm -hmm. they'll call it out on, on social media and like, this is terrible, but, you know, they'll still show up. Um, and I feel like with the Final Fantasy 14 community especially you get a lot of that um and it's it's unfortunate right because i guess the kind of fun thing about um be, being the the content creator that's willing to look other folks in the face and be like it's me i'm i'm i created this space and now i'm calling out you know, Yoshi P and Square Enix and the others and you, mm -hmm. these streamers who are taking the money from Twitch and Square Enix and blah, 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 because I'm I've been here, too. I've been here for six years. I've been covering all of your stuff for six years. I like I openly identify as X, Y, Z thing. And you decide like, cool, see you later. Not not good enough. Right. Um, and, and I guess that comes down to you know m money for them as well even, right but you're a big streamer you're yeah, a small streamer I, I even had pointed out bigger hispanic and people like uh, mm. poc and hispanic and black like all these streamers that had way more views and way more people than me and not one of them got yeah. invited to it i was like why not like even even uh mr happy's co-host for uh um What's the name of his podcast? Oh boy, I forgot. Mr. Happy Happy Time. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Why that's not the name of it, I don't know. Rel uh, State of the Realms. Uh, Sly, uh, Sly Fox. Uh, so like Sly wasn't invited to it, and Sly's been a pillar of the Final Fantasy XIV right. community. And like 
like his best friend didn't get him like he didn't get an invite to the like let's give away like donate some subs and get a chocobo thing come on come on it's really, it's real, tough. It's real <laughs> tough it's real tough it's real tough um I, I'm not going to say that I've been like a big Final Fantasy XIV streamer or or podcaster or anything, but Square Enix, I've been I've been shouting about your all of your games since I was like twelve. Just throw me a bone once, just once, just once. That's all I'm asking, just once. Um, so <laughs> we've we've spoken a lot about connection, I think, in this episode, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you think that you've made more connections um to your community not just the gaming community but like the hispanic the latin latino latino uh, latinx community um as a gamer or if you know nothing's changed everything's the same um i think i've met I'm starting to meet more Hispanic people and and people that I, I found to be Hispanic as I mm. interviewed them. Um, and I would like in the future to uh, reach out to more Hispanic creators um, of all MMOs if possible and talk to them. Um, because, you know, a lot, like everything else, you know, I see in a lot of MMOs where, you know, you see, like in New World, I see pop up all the time. Is there any Hispanic speaking guilds out there? You know, because there's not a lot of servers for New World. So a lot of like Latin American people show up on our servers to play and they're like, hey. And I was like, that's they're, like, they're, they're just gamers. Like, it doesn't matter what language we speak. We all right. do the same thing. We just want to play yeah. fun games and, and talk about them and hang out with people that have the same like interests as we do. You know, it it didn't. You know, like I've always said that gaming should be the 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 great unifier for people. Like it's the thing that everybody like. Remember the old Wii commercials where they're like everybody yeah, was like everybody's right, right. Wii, where everybody's gonna do Wii stuff together because everybody should like play games. Like that was big Nintendo's big hook is that everybody yeah, can game. Everybody's now a gamer. It's easy. Like grandma or the grandpa, n- the Nintendo 3DS brain age. Uh, I love those. Yeah. I love those commercials. <laughs> So, like, it, you look at that, and I, I always thought, like, gaming is this great unifier. But then as, like, I don't know what's going on, but as we keep keep growing in the age of gaming, I feel like people are becoming more and more mm-hmm. separated fr- from each other. Like, it's it's it started as, a like, this thing that, like, you know, you're a nerd for playing, and then it grew up to be like, oh, everybody's kind of into gaming. And there was, like, this little pocket moment where everybody, like, when, like, Early 90s, early 2000s, everybody's like, yeah. And, like, the most you got was, like, you know, oh, you play Xbox? Well, I'm a PlayStation Nintendo person. But, man, like, that's the most it ever got right. heated, right? And it didn't matter because you still went over to your friend's house Absolutely. and played their Xbox yeah, and played course. Halo. And then you still went over to, like... GoldenEye. Like, you went to go over to your friend's house. Yeah, you go, went to go play GoldenEye. And you're like, or you went, they went over and played, oh, we're, like, we're going to go play Spyro because that game's fun. <laughs> like, didn't matter at the end of the day because you all went to each other's houses and played. So... Uh, but now it's just like, you know, you see people on the internet, like a grown yeah, people, adults. <laughs> adults arguing over PlayStation yeah, and yeah. Xbox and who's the buying developers who. <laughs> and the, the way that a woman should look in a video game and all kinds of other weird stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the weirdest things. Everything is so, so strange. So strange uh, on the internet. So weird times yeah. we're in. Like It just, feels like, like you said. Can we, we just play games. Can we we just play have them? been <laughs> connecting for so long that I think that we're um, we we've lost sight of how to do that again um, in a way mm-hmm. that feels kind of nice and wholesome. Um, but I'm glad that there are folks out there who are still trying to find their communities. Right? They're they're kind of yeah. you know, If you're a Spanish speaking community or not, um, you're trying to find your people. And I really I still appreciate that about um video games and everything so our final question for this uh episode um outside of creating um how do you choose to share your culture with yourself with others with your spouse um what what do you how do you celebrate um so uh you know there's you know i'm i'm a i'm a large man i'm a gordito and so (laughs) It, it, it's it's through food, right? Like I, I come from, I, I unfortunately I come from two cultures where one is pasta, exactly. one is beans. So, carbs, carbs, carbs. Um, 
carbs carbs on carbs and uh like i i love when it's you know i i get to make some of my favorite hispanic dishes like uh my hispanic grandmother made a garbanzo bean soup with uh spanish chorizo which is different from mexican chorizo spanish chorizo is smoked so it's firm it's not like loosely mm. packed or anything like that so, and, and with ham and potatoes and butternut squash and you throw it in like it's and it's like in a tomato broth like it's like it's delicious i make it it's and it's becoming you know crispy season now so i yes. can finally bust out bust out that old old chestnut you know and then there's picadillo and then if i'm lucky uh you know if the the one cuban sandwich place closed down there's one new open one i haven't tried yet and like i like the food of my people is so good but it also tells the tale of you know if you look at the meals they're very they're very mm-hmm. simple right like like they you know having talked to my grandparents about like how they had to eat on in cuba and like make food last because you know there was forced armies and and forced fighting and stuff like that so food wasn't like all went to the high people you know it's a communist country so the food went to the people in charge and the people and then the people in charge let some of the food go to the people below them sometimes and and it trickled down and then the people and the people doing all the work for everything got some of it (laughs) sometimes (laughs) so having making things last Mm -hmm. was important or growing your own food or growing, you know, growing your own animals to make the food sometimes helped. And sometimes some of those animals got picked up by the people sure. who wanted more. So, um, so a lot of those meals, I share it with my meals. Um, and I think, like I said, I, sh- I share it, I think, with my work ethic because I try to, like, I work really hard to try to give myself a better life and my partner a better life. Um, and I, you know, if I could ever, if it ever came an opportunity to turn you know, what I do with Maelstrom Radio in any fashion or any content creation form into a thing that can make that kind of money and and do well like that, I would do that. And then, you know, double down on sharing my culture with not only with the people out there, but, you know, I would, like, it's a perfect month. Like, I'm playing Little Misfortune, which is about a little Hispanic girl, like I said, you know, and um, and I didn't know that going mm-hmm. into that game. Had no idea until she said her name. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, it just was kismet that it's spooky season and it's a spooky game. And she's a, a little Hispanic girl. I was like, perfect. I'm Hispanic. She's Hispanic. Let's go on right, a spooky right, right. ride and see what happens. And uh, would love love to see that. And, uh, you know, if I, even if, you know, somebody comes and asks, it's like, oh, you know, like, you're Hispanic. Like, what's it like? know what was like growing up and some people say like are you from cuba i'm like no but you know my dad was and like i'm only one you know i'm one removed from that and you know you know my dad would tell me like you know he was there until he was eight years old he remembers it like hey it's it was different like it did america was the great melting pot and it and it you know i remember my grandfather telling me that he he worked very hard to give the life that he wanted to his family and you know he was so quick story about my grandfather. He, he, so Cuba had a lot of, uh, forced government mm-hmm. armies. <laughs> my grandfather is not a fighter at all. He's a lover. He is not a fighter. <laughs> he did not sure. want to fight. So in Cuba, they, they decide that like, Hey, if you don't want to fight, well, we'll, we'll make you change your mind by putting you in jail mm. for a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, a little time in the old clink will sure, <laughs> set sure. you right. And, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't about that. And my grandmother bought tickets for them to go to Chicago. And uh, as soon as he got out, they boarded a plane and skedaddled on over to America. And uh, they came here and he worked hard his whole life because he he knew that it was better to work hard for love and a family than it was to fight for no reason and and i take that part of the working hard for love and not you know not for feelings but for to 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 not to express love but to to share that i'm i'm trying to do good in the world and help grow the family around me even if my family is my fiance and our two pets i want to give them the best to continue that tradition 
And, like, it's the same. I think my brother does the same thing, and I think my uncles do the same. Like, all of us, I think, do that. And it's, you know, the same thing on the Italian side, too. There, I, I come from a long sure. line of immigrants. So right. <laughs> it's, uh, you know. Very good. So it's all, it's, all, it's all the same thing. Like, just work really hard and, and you know, spend time with your family. And, and you know, I, I'm all about gaming is about love and passion and, and sharing that love and passion with people. So, like, if I can do that and, and share my culture along mm-hmm. the way, then I'm, I feel like I'm doing something good. Right. So. Very good. Very good. Very good. Flattis, thank you so much for being on. Please tell the people where they can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug. Sure thing. Uh, you can find me at uh, Maelstrom underscore radio, uh, at, you know, here uh, on the on Twitter. I believe it's Maelstrom underscore radio. Uh, I think we're on Blue Sky. It might be Maelstrom. I think it's like, oh boy, is it like maelstrom.bsky.com? <laughs> oh, yes, anyway, you can find we're, we're Maelstrom Radio everywhere, uh, so go find us. Uh, we have a link tree on our sites. Go click the link tree. You'll find everything. Our YouTube is Maelstrom Radio. You'll find everything we're doing. Uh, you can go watch our Guild Wars 2 stuff on, or our, our Baldur's Gate stuff on our YouTube if you don't want to, you know. If you don't have time, I know there's a lot of Twitch people that you want to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Can go, you can always support us by going to the YouTube and watching us our, and our shenanigans Very there. Very good. So. Very good. All right. As always, you can find me at Kamijace Gaming on Twitter and Blue Sky and Instagram and all the other things. You can also find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter and Blue Sky at WK Cooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Instagram page at uh, Instagram page at WK Cooldown as well. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. And be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're listening there. Um, be sure to check out the links in the description if you're listening um, after the sh- after the live show, um, including of course our humble bundle, humble bundle, damn it, for this week. And remember that you can support your favorite charities and support this show as well. Our logo and art is by Corgian. Follow Corgian on Twitter at Doghouse Corgian, D O G H O U S E C O R G I A N, Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. And our intro music is done by Riki. Find Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise, D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. That is all D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. I feel like I said C-E. That's not right. That's not how you spell noise. That is all for the weekly cooldown. I am Kami Jace. I am Flatus, a.k.a. Peter. Awesome. From and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.